Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Really, really thrilled that you've chosen to come and worship with us today. Um, our heart and our prayer is, as we share the Word of God, that you might receive something from God today that will encourage you and assist you in your walk with God. Amen. And uh, really encouraged today as we're preparing to go through our 40 days of prayer journey together as a church. And this morning, I wanted to give you a few uh, encouraging scriptures, a few encouraging thoughts. I believe that through this 40 days of prayer that we're starting on October the 28th, that people are going to encounter the presence of God, the purpose of God, the plan of God in new and fresh ways. Amen. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, how mature you think you are, how immature you think you may may, uh, feel that you are. I believe that there's so much more for us to understand about God and the place and power of prayer in our lives. Amen. So really encouraged by the journey. But this morning we want to look at why we need daily encounters with God. Why we need daily life-exchanging encounters with God. We want to look at that this morning. But before we do a few encouraging scriptures from the Word of God, the first one is uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. Listen to what it says this morning. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? God's looking for them. Where are you? I love that thought there. Then in Exodus chapter 30, verse 6, listen to these thoughts here. And you shall put it before the veil that is before the ark of the testimony, before the mercy seat that is over the testimony, where I will meet with you. You hear that there, where I will meet with you. Then in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, listen to this last encouraging thought about God's desire for us to meet with him and him to meet with us. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and I will dine with him and he with me. I love, what I love about these few verses of Scripture is this, the things that we discover about God. Number one, He's looking out for us. Number two, God is wanting to meet with us. Isn't that encouraging news today? And number three, the third thought is this, God is longing to fellowship with us. Amen. We serve an alive God that's wanting to have a real and live relationship with each of his children. Amen. And the thing that's so incredible about Christianity is that we serve a God who is real and wants to be known in a personal way. It's not a philosophy. It's not a religious system. It's not studying an ancient script or saying or performing some sort of ritual. Christianity is so special because it's all about a living God who wants to have a real and alive relationship with his creation. Amen. That's you and I. If you haven't heard anything encouraging this week, then right now this morning, that's the most encouraging news that you could hear. God is alive and he wants you to meet with him. God is real and he wants you to encounter his presence. God is longing to fellowship with you as an individual. Amen. I love that thought there. God's looking out for us. He's wanting to meet with us and he's wanting to fellowship with us. But the point this morning that I want to make or underscore is this. It takes two to fellowship. The question this morning is, do you want to fellowship with God? 
Do you want to connect with God? Do you want to have a deeper relationship with God? And I would say without exception, uh, the answer is without exception. Yes, of course we do. But who knows during the course of life there are obstacles, there are blockages, there are circumstances, there are life issues that we go through that can potentially stop us from relating and having a more intimate relationship with God. Paul in the scripture was an incredible man. He'd achieved so much with his life. Paul was a a Rhodes Scholar. If he was alive today, he would have been one of the greatest thinkers of our time. But we read in this scripture, I want to share with you this morning, if you want to open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3, and uh, encourage you to open there this morning, we see that Paul, even though he had achieved so much, there was still something within him that was saying, God, I want more. God, there's got to be more. Even though I've achieved all this great stuff, there's still so much more for me to experience. Um, Today, you might have experienced somewhat of the presence of God. You might have had divine uh, uh, angelic visitations. You might have been in prayer meetings where you've just fallen slain under the presence of God. That's awesome if you have, but I want to say today, there's so much more of God's presence. Amen. And we see this in... The writing of this verse of scripture in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, reading through, excuse me, starting in verse 4. Listen to Paul, because he talks a little bit about what, what he's achieved in life, the, the things that he's done, uh, the, the, the obstacles that he's overcome, who he became. And then he talks, goes on to talk about his real desire and real motivation in life. Listen to his thoughts. He says, Yet I could have confidence in myself if anyone could. If others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. For I was circumcised when I was eight days old, having been born into a pure-blooded Jewish family that is the branch of the tribe of Benjamin. So I'm a real Jew. If there ever, if there ever, ever was one. What's more, I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law and zealous, yes, In fact, I harshly persecuted the church and I obeyed the Jewish law so carefully that I was never accused of any fault. I once thought all the worth, excuse me, I once thought all of these things were so very important, but now I consider them as worthless because of what Christ has done. Listen to it this morning. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the priceless gain of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. I've discarded everything else, counting it all garbage, so that I might have Christ and become one with Him. It is no longer my own goodness and my ability to obey God's law, but I trust Christ to save me, for God's way of making us right with Himself depends on faith. Paul was saying, I've achieved all these things. He's saying, this is all the stuff that I've done. But still the most preeminent and the most important thing in my life is knowing Christ and knowing him more intimately. All that stuff that I've done, all the things that I've achieved, I I could have sat back at my laurels and said, well, enough's enough. I've had a few great encounters. But Paul was saying, no, hang on a minute. There is so much more to know of Christ through prayer. Amen. Truth, as I said before, it takes two to be committed to fellowship. Paul's pre, a supreme motivation for life was knowing Jesus. Jesus, he said, that all the other achievements that he achieved were like garbage compared to the knowledge of knowing Jesus. And I want you to hear this this morning. The word know in the Greek means this, 
to perceive in an experiential way. Paul wanted to know God with a heart knowledge, not in a head way. He just didn't want to know God intellectually. He wanted to know God and have a deeper relationship with Christ from his heart. Amen. Knowing God from our heart, from our, excuse me, from our head can be a dry, intellectual, boring experience. And I'm not saying discount the importance of building an understanding of theology and doctrine into our life. But if that's our experience of God, I want to say that there is so much more of God's presence to experience. Experiencing God's presence from, from our hearts it's a life-giving experience and God wants us to encounter Him or us to have an encounters with Him every single day like that. Amen? He wants us to encounter His presence. That's why over the next few weeks we're going to look at how we can encounter God on a daily basis through prayer, through learning about prayer. That's why we're doing the 40 days of purpose, not just to go through a program and say we've ticked it off, yippee, yahay, no but to go through a process that will open up our hearts and our minds more to understanding the importance and the place of prayer in our lives. And right now you might be a great prayer. You might be a mediocre prayer. You might be a lousy prayer. It doesn't matter. We can all get better at it. Amen. Why? Because God wants us to encounter him through prayer. Prayer is our connection point with God. That's how we connect with the presence of God. Amen. So that's why we're going on that journey. But this morning we want to look at very briefly... We want to look at three reasons why you and I need to have encounters with God, with His presence. I know in my journey, in my walk, there have been some significant encounters that have changed the direction of my life. Amen? Huge ones. Massive. Haven't got time to tell you about them this morning, but just reflecting on those, those moments where I encountered the presence of God in a way in which I haven't done before had been life-altering. Amen? But God wants us to experience his presence at a whole nother level. Amen. So number one, the first thought, the three reasons why you and I need to have an encounter with God is this first thought. We are created to experience God. God created us to experience his presence. The Bible says we've been created in the image of God, right? You got it? Yeah. You are uniquely designed to have fellowship with God. You're a spirit who has a soul and lives in in a body. There's never going to be another person like you. You are unique. There's no one ever going to look like you, to speak like you, your DNA, your eye print, your hand print. There will never be another Marty Daniels on the planet. How sad's that? I mean, super good looking. It loves Vanuatu. That's so cool. Marty's coming with me in another week's time to Vanuatu, so looking forward to that. But you are so unique. But we've been created in the image of God for the purpose of experiencing God. That was the very thing from Genesis chapter 3. God was looking for them. Why was he looking for Adam and Eve? Because he longed to have fellowship with them. Come on this morning. You don't need to be scared of God. God loves you and he wants you to understand his purpose and his plan through prayer. Amen. I believe this, that there's a God-shaped hole in every person's life on the planet today. And if we don't fill it with God, we're committed to filling it with everything else other than God. We'll fill it with money. We'll fill it with relationships. We'll fill it with possessions. And have you ever thought why so many people are so unhappy about their life? I would say because they've missed the point of life. Life is about 
being known by God and knowing God. Amen? But if we try and fill that hole, that void with everything else, ultimately we won't end up feeling fulfilled and satisfied and joyful and purposeful about the life that God has entrusted to us. Amen? So there's a God-shaped hole in every person's life. I love this thought. Moses was a man who wanted to know God in Exodus chapter 33, 12 to 14. Listen to it again. It says, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I have known you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, listen to these words, show me your way that I might know you. And that I might find grace in your sight. The word there defined again as, as know is experiential knowledge. Not to know God just as some distant being that we pray to and we hope that he might hear us as such. No, to know in a real relationship where we pray and we know that God is hearing us and where God speaks to us through his word and through others as well. Amen. And Moses had a heart that he wanted to encounter God. So much like he said that, God, if your presence doesn't come with us as we go, we're not moving away from you. Amen. Second thought, daily encounters with God strengthen us. Daily encounters with God strengthen us. If you're feeling weak, can I encourage you to go to God in prayer and then watch the way that God will strengthen you? Thought this morning to ponder on is where did Jesus get his strength? The, the, the draw, the, 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 the weight, the, the pull on Jesus' life as he ministered to so many people must have been incredible. But we see he gets his source of strength. We find this little statement in Luke chapter 5, verse 16. It says this, But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Listen to it. Jesus often drew to the wilderness to prayer. It doesn't say that Jesus often drew away to Facebook, to Instagram, to Snapchat, to Google News, to Netflix. I could go on and on and on, Ollie, but we won't. But it says Jesus drew to the wilderness to pray. Why to the wilderness? Because no one else was around. It was just him and his heavenly father. Um, at the greatest time of need, we see Jesus, where does he draw his strength? In Luke chapter 22, as he prepares to face the cross, the Bible records this. He walked away about a stone's throw, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering from me. Yet I want not your will, but mine. Your, not my will, but yours. Then an angel of heaven appeared and strengthened him. Jesus faces the most trying times. And what does he do? He kneels down and prays to the Father. If you're needing strength, then I want to encourage you. Come to Jesus through prayer. Listen to what he says. He doesn't say when you come to him, he'll reject you. Listen to what it says, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you a smack across the head in my name. What does he say? No, come to me if you're weary and heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. I'll fill your soul with assurance. I'll fill your soul with peace. Or fill your soul with a sense of purpose again. Come to me if you're feeling weary and heavy laden. I believe the way that we draw strength for living is by having a daily quiet time with God. Through 40 days, we're going to build the habit 
of building that daily quiet time. Studies have proven that if you do something for 40 days, it becomes a what? A habit in your life. Amen. You may not have the habit of prayer, but through this opportunity, we are going to build that into our lives. Amen. Build a sense of strength. Third thought as we conclude this morning is this. We're doing well. Number three, spiritual encounters will change us forever. Encounters with God will change us forever. We read of Paul's experience with God that changed him forever on uh, the road to Damascus, Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through to 6. We won't read it all there. But Paul's meeting with the Lord on the road to Damascus changed his life and its course forever. Amen? It says this in Acts chapter 9, As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul says, who are you? Uh, excuse me. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. You know, Paul's pre-conversion, listen to the life that he led. He falsely accused Christians. He had Christians imprisoned. He separated families, Christian families. He destroyed the homes of Christian families. He had Christians executed. He even had Christians murdered, falsely murdered. There's no real evidence in Scripture to support that Paul ever met Jesus prior to his crucifixion. No evidence that I can find anyway. He was yet to meet Jesus, but when he did meet Jesus, his life was changed in a moment, in an instant. He went from being Saul the persecutor to Paul the great apostle of faith. Spiritual encounters with God will change our lives forever. But the thought is this, it takes two to fellowship. Amen? Just if I could have the band come up this morning, that would be great. Spiritual encounters with God will change the course of our lives. I was sitting with Ethan this week, having a bite to eat. And uh, just sharing a bit about life and um, where we got saved and all those sorts of conversations you have. And I remember sharing with Ethan, I don't want to say how many years ago because it's too long ago. But I remember getting born again in the, in the reptile park in Port Macquarie. Uh, it was converted from a reptile park. It might have even been, I was going to say, it might have even been in the snake pit. I'm not sure then. But all I remember is I encountered Jesus Christ for the first time and that changed my life forever. I remember laying on the ground there. I, don't, I can't even remember if there was carpet, but just weeping my way to Christ. Amen. It changed my life forever. Does it mean I just, you know, was on a perfect path for the rest of my life? No, there's been ups and downs and all that sort of stuff. But ultimately, I'm so thankful to God for that first initial encounter with God. Amen. Open my eyes to see that there is a way, a hope and a truth. Amen? Open my eyes to help me to understand that no one comes to the Father except through the Son. Spiritual encounters always begin with the desire. But I want to share a verse of Scripture with you this morning that I believe is quite an important one for us just to reflect on as we get ready to go on this journey of 40 days of prayer today. James chapter 4, verse 8 says this, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I look at that text of Scripture there. Who takes the first step? We do. 
I believe this ultimately that God's taken the very first step before we've even taken a step by sending Jesus to die on the cross to pay for our salvation. He, he's taken the most amazing step. But then as life progresses, I believe it's our decision whether or not we're willing to take that first step towards God. Amen. I don't know where all of us are today, but I want to challenge every one of us in this morning to take that 40-day challenge. Commit to 40 days. Like I said, you might be a gun prayer. That's awesome. You may not be so good. That's okay. You might be terrible. I want to challenge you today as your pastor to take that first step today. Saying, God, okay, I know I'm busy. Who's not busy? <laughs> all of us have got an excuse. All, have got a, all of us have got a reason why we haven't got time in our days to carve out that time. All of us have got reasons why we could say, well, I could never commit to meeting in a small group for a seven-week period because I've got too much stuff going on. But I want to say today, you'll miss what God is about to do through this journey. Amen. You'll miss it. The whole journey is not about doing a program. The real intention of the Holy Spirit is that through this journey, we will become closer to God. So I want to encourage you this morning at the end of the service, Dave and Wendy will be at the, the 40 days of prayer table at the back there. You can have a look at the journal that you can purchase. There's a DVD there that you can have a look at as well, pre-order. Uh, if you'd like to become a host home leader, we're looking for people to be host homes just for seven weeks. That's all we're looking for. Um, straight after the service this morning, there's going to be a host home introduction um, from 11.30 in my office. I would love to meet with those people that have put their name down already. But I really want to encourage us as a church, let's move together in this opportunity that we have to see our prayer lives improved, transformed, brought to life again. Amen? As you came in this morning, you would have seen the 40 days of prayer. That's your campaign guide. That gives you all the information that you need there about understanding the dates and the resources and stuff like that. I showed off the, uh, the resource last week. It was awesome. I should have brought up one this morning, but they are just the most amazing devotionals that we've been given. And so we so look forward to it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you as we get ready to embark upon this, this uh, opportunity, this journey. But we know it's not about ticking boxes. It's not about a program, God. It's about going on a journey where we discover more and understand more about knowing you and relating to you through prayer. So, Father, today we just commit our hearts to you, our lives to you. We thank you. You have given us so much. And we just pray over this next term, term four, God, that we would get to know you in a deeper way. And everybody said, Amen.